This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This is Eli Sussman, your managing editor here at Fish Stripes. On Wednesday, June 5th, our lead writer, Danny Martinez, was invited on Good Morning Amigo, the morning drive time show for on Slam Radio, which is a Sirius XM channel. I'm just here to introduce that big interview that touched on the entire state of the Marlins organization, their farm system, their rebuilding philosophy, and the recent success they're having at the major league level right now. Things are going about as well as they could possibly go for the team in all facets at this moment in time. So you usually won't hear me on the podcast. For those who don't know, I produce many of our podcast episodes and, and distribute it, but I wanted to record this intro at a time where it's so much fun to cover the Marlins and talk about what's going on and just to get everybody up to speed on a few things happening around fish stripes and then around the Marlins organization. And then we're going to throw it over to Danny and his appearance with the Amigo. As you're listening to this, the Marlins have just wrapped up their 2019 MLB draft class, which featured the number four overall pick, J.J. Bleday, but a lot of other high-quality players behind them. It's drawing rave reviews from people inside the Marlins, but also outside the Marlins. If you listen to the podcast regularly, our previous episode on Earning Their Stripes, episode 10, graded the draft. That was with Danny, Ethan Badowski, Ian Smith. They went through a lot of the key picks that were made, uh, the reasoning behind the picks, the projections for some of those players. And uh, overall, it's gone pretty well. Ultimately, it's going to come down to which of these players sign a contract with the Marlins, but shaping up to be a very big deal. If you want previous coverage of that, listen to that episode or go to fishstripes.com, where I've been tracking every single pick that they've been making and adding some perspective to what those players are and why they were selected where they were and how they fit into the larger rebuilding plan. So make sure to get caught up on that draft because uh, they might not be picking that high ever again. We'll see in 2020, but this was a critical draft, and by all accounts, the Marlins stepped up and nailed it. Some news from the Clinton Lumber Kings, the low-A affiliate. You may know that their play-by-play broadcaster, Eric Ose, he has his podcast show on our podcast feed as well, A-Ball with Eric Ose, so make sure you're listening to that. Earlier this season, Eric interviewed a couple players that were just recently named Midwest League All-Stars. That includes outfielder Gerard Encarnacion, who has just been mashing the ball for these first two months of the season. Really impressive from a 21-year-old. 2018 draft pick Chris Valamont has been uh, arguably the ace of that rotation. Uh, 
and one of the big strikeout artists in the entire farm system, so congrats to him. And thirdly, Umberto Mejia, fellow starting pitcher in that rotation, even with a lower ERA than Valamont does. Uh, really impressive, a former international amateur signee of the Marlins. Moving up a level to high A Jupiter, they've already announced their three all-stars. That include shortstop Jose Devers and starting pitchers Edward Cabrera and Jordan Holloway. All three really having terrific years, and especially Edward Cabrera, who was probably a consensus top 10 Marlins prospect entering the season, but has seemingly taken another step forward, even while going up against older competition in the Florida State League. The Florida State League All-Star Game is being hosted in South Florida in Jupiter's Roger Dean Chevrolet Stadium on Saturday, June 15th. Fish Traps is going to be there. We're going to have a lot of our riders there. We wanted to get a big group together with a lot of you guys as well at just $7 a ticket, big discount over the regular price. We have decided to sweeten that offer a lot, as sweet as it could get. 50 tickets are being given away to members of our audience on our podcast feed. Make sure you're subscribing to Fish Stripes, social media at Fish Stripes on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and more details, of course, on the website in our articles about how you can win free tickets to the Florida State League All-Star Game for yourself and a friend, maybe yourself and the whole family. We're going to give them away in chunks uh, to make sure that we have all of them in the hands of people that really want to be there and really want to get to know us, talk some baseball, have a great time at a minor league ballpark. Stay tuned for that. For the time being, keep it locked in on this episode where we have this interview recorded on Wednesday. Danny Martinez, The Amigo. Enjoy. Call me amigo for a reason, right? How can I be an amigo and be a jackass at the same time? I don't know. You walk a good line. I do. Right on the, I teeter right on it. And then when you wear a dory hat and start complaining about a stadium one day, the guy who might write for fish stripes might come and call your ass out like like Danny Martinez did that day. I was so <laughs> mad at Danny. I was like, Danny, do I know you from somewhere? He goes, no, you just pissed me off. But Danny covers the Marlins for the Fish Stripes, which is an SB Nation site, and they do great work. I've been checking it out. And the guy's a good sport because, one, I did argue vehemently with him on Twitter. I still believe I'm somewhat right, but here's what I was wrong about. Team may not be as bad as I thought. Joining us here on Good Morning Amigo, the one and only, Danny Martinez, Fish Stripes. What's going on, Danny? How you doing? My brother, how are you, man? How's everything? I'm doing good, bro. I feel bad for you because today I think they're extracting teeth or something from you. So I'm, I, I feel your pain almost. I don't want to go through that pain, but I will, uh, I will be thinking of you very much so. But I think last night the Marlins left you in a situation where, like, if they had to numb up the area, scoring 16 runs in a game could make you happy going into this procedure. Talk to me about what went through your mind last night as they put up 16 runs. That's, that was nuts. Yeah, yeah, I think I think the, the tooth is feeling a little better. I might just have to cancel the appointment at all. I'm not a big fan of dentists. Not a big fan of dentists. And by the way, just just so that everyone knows, you know what, Amigo, you are right. If I was the usher, bro, I would have let you in. I told you that from the beginning. I told you you know what you did? I gave you a hard time, Frank, right? He did say that from the beginning. He just ripped me for everything else. But he, he did say, if I was the usher, yeah. I would let you in. But you got to understand, that's a paid area. For those who don't know, I bitched and moaned about I'm having back issues. That's I guess what happens when you get old. Um and I didn't want to sit for the game. I wanted to stand. The truth is there's like three free areas to stand. There was an area that was completely empty. Unbeknownst to me, they were ticketed. 
So from the moment we got there, I just stood there, and I literally wasn't planning on standing there long either. I wanted to stand for half an inning, yell at Nemo, and then go to my seats, which were right above Nemo. But I just needed to stand for a little bit. Immediately, they dispatched us out of there, kicked us out. So I went to Twitter and bitched. Oh, boy. Oh, was there- <laughs> oh boy, that didn't go too good. <laughs> oh, was there anybody else standing there? Was Nobody. Yeah, it was like my deal was, all right, guys, I get the rules, but like you're trying to get people to come in the building. Like this is one way to someone say, I'm never coming back. And I did say that that day. I'm done. I'm done. Well, I don't know if I'm done. I've been rooting 26 years for them, Danny. And I think that's where my frustration lies. You're younger than I am. But do you feel the same frustrations? I know you cover them. You want to be objective. But the truth is, you're a fan. You're a huge fan the same way I am. Of course. So tell me what goes through your mind when some of the frustrating stuff goes on. And then we'll get to the positive stuff that's been going on with that team over the last three weeks. Of course. Well, listen, I I am younger than you, right? I'm only 26. So I basically was birthed with the franchise. I was there. I was very young when it was 97. I was in it when it was 2003. I have gone through the multiple rebuilds. And what I say is, is the first thing, really, I don't, I can't blame anybody for being upset or having a wait-and-see approach or getting pissed off at the Marlins. I, I can't. I, I can't blame anyone because this is the most scorned fan base through history of baseball, quite frankly, except from the teams that have left, from Heisinga to Loria. And then, yes, even though I see it a little bit differently, I can understand how everyone can see this latest rebuild as just, Another another cycle of being a Marlins fan. So when when things are, are low, when historical offense, you know, is just as bad as it can be earlier this year, the only difference between me and maybe the observant that's tired of it and says this is the fourth time I'm doing this, I'm not going through it, is that I feel like you see the differences in this rebuild versus what has happened before. And I think we're now starting to see a little flavor of that with the way the team's performing. Danny Martinez joining us here on Good Morning Amigo. He writes for Fish Stripes, uh, a SB Nation site that covers the Miami Marlins, and they've been fun to cover the last three weeks. In fact, they've been fun to watch. Last night I walk in to uh, Shameless Plug Sports Grill, and the game's about 4 nothing. I think they, as I'm walking in, it becomes 5 nothing, And I look, I go, wow, they're up again, and they're scoring. I see it's the fifth inning. We go to sit down, they have menus, let me have some waters. I look up, it's like seven or eight nothing, then it's nine nothing. Then I like, and I just kept repeating the score as we were having a conversation at the table. And it seemed like every 20 seconds I go, okay, it's nine nothing. Uh, okay, it's 10 nothing. By the way, in case you haven't noticed, it's 11 nothing. 12 nothing, guys. Okay, 13 nothing. Rub by two touchdowns. Like it just kept going. I don't remember in 26 years ever seeing the Marlins do something like that. And they haven't. They've never put up that many runs in a game. Um, is it a testament to the fact that it just takes time? I'm a big baseball fan. It takes time for these young players to get acclimated to that level. Uh, is it just a streak, or do you think, when I mean, you watch them day in, day out, do you think that perhaps they're actually starting to come into their own? I'm not talking about championship caliber level, but they're no right. longer that 10-31 and 31 team. Like That was a quarter of the season, and that quarter of the season is behind them. And, you know, this 17-game stretch, they've won more games in the first quarter of the season. Are they an improved team, and will they continue to be improved, in your opinion? So I'll answer that in two ways. I do think they're an improved team, but I don't think they're going to stabilize where they are right now. What I mean by that is, in the last 17 games, they've won 12 of them, right? To to pretend that the 2019 Marlins are going to keep that pace would be blasphemous. That's not going to happen. You know, the 1927 Yankees aren't going to keep that pace. So (laughs) what's going to happen is they're going to fall back a bit 
and they're going to stabilize, but they're not that 10 and 31 team, you know, that I got just hammered on Twitter the same way that you and I went back and forth yep. for saying to everyone, relax, wait until the younger guys come up. No one, you know, we're not here to see this, this one year veteran play. We're here to see a Harold Ramirez get called up eventually and perform a Garrett Cooper. And that's, and I mean this wholeheartedly, the good guys, the better top-tier prospects aren't even up yet. Wait until Amante Harrison, a top-100 guy, comes up. Wait until Ethan Diaz, a top-100 guy, comes up. When the, Zach Gallen, who just actually got added to a top-100 list, when these prospects come up and start rolling, that's when you're really seeing the future of the Marlins. Let me tell you, Danny, I, I think that finally, after much ado, I finally have a 100% agreement on something with you and I. And that is that they're not that 10 and 31 team, but they're not that 12 and 5 team either. Uh, And we're going to watch them develop and grow. The one thing I've got in my quote inside information is that the Marlins really are trying to gain equity. So, like, I'll give you an example. They're going to get as many young, hot arms as they can get. And then they're going to determine who the best ones are. And the rest of of them are going to be dispensable. Pitchers Mm -hmm. are a hot commodity in baseball. The idea is, if we're not going to keep a pitcher who's pretty good or doesn't fit our plans, we might be able to get two or three players for that pitcher because that's the way baseball is today. Um, And the idea of building equity within your roster is what seems to be the Marlins' plan right now. You think it's going to work? I'll tell you what, I think think so. And you can call me optimist, okay? But I'll tell you why. I'll give you three points. The first point is that if we just look at the Major League roster right now when it comes to pitching, all right? The starting staff, Average age of 25, they're the only starting staff to have the same five pitchers go out there from opening day to now. All of them will be. Marlins are the only team. And they are ninth in earn run average. So one of the youngest staff, who's one most durable in the major league, and they're top 10 at the moment. You decide who you want to keep from them, right? I would say that Jose Urena's probably traded at the deadline. Yep. Maybe Caleb Smith to go get some bats. You decide who you keep from them because the second point is that in the minor league, you have 14 starting pitchers with a sub 3.50 ERA. That's a lot of pitching depth that's coming up. So they've rebuilt this on pitching. It's the hottest commodity in baseball. You use that value. And what do they need? Bats. So go ahead and use that value for a return of bats that you can add to the core that they already have building. I'm so glad I got into a fight with you. You're teaching right now, son. Danny Martinez doing a teaching lesson here on Slam Radio, and, and rightfully so, because he had to school the old man. Holy Toledo. I think I did you got some know- jabs in there, too. What's that? I did. I, I, you, know, you know my concerns, but my concerns are from, uh, from a place that I'm not talking about today. That's, uh, that's one day when you and I get together and have a hamburger or a Subway sub or whatever, and we go, and I'm going to explain to you why I feel the way I feel, but I'm not doing that on the air today because I don't think there's anything negative about what's been going on the last three weeks with Miami. And the Marlins. And truthfully, we have to embrace that. We cannot sit there and be flippant about it and then later on claim to be a fan of the team or support the team. And the folks in that building will tell you unanimously that I have been borderline a shill for the team. That was what I was trying to tell you that day, that I have supported them every which way but Tuesday. Um, there's stuff that I'll share with you privately. You don't know that I could have 10 reasons to be angry at them and never speak to them again. And I continued rooting for them. So maybe I feel like I'm, I'm able to say certain things and that's just an old man being an old man. The truth is I had no idea that their starting rotation while in the game. Now, not a collective team ERA, but the starting pitchers in starts, mm-hmm. their ERAs are ninth 
in Major League Baseball. I had no idea. I also did Absolutely. not know that the same five pitchers had been the same rotation all season. I thought maybe they had mixed in somebody else. You know, sometimes you have to have a six starter, especially early in the right. season because the day's off. I had no idea it was the same five guys. I do know that they're wealthy in the, in the area of arms. Here's where they're not wealthy, and I'm concerned. It's butts and chairs. They're going to come mm-hmm. back to a homestand after winning a bunch of games, and I would expect more people to come to the park. You and I both know that's probably not going to be the case. Right. It's gonna, it, does winning cure this, in your opinion? I mean, you are more of the generation that matters to this than me. So I ask you, does winning cure? Do your friends go, they're winning, we're going? Because I don't know if they're as jaded as I am. You're not as jaded as I am because you said you were born into the team. You've seen it, but that's all you right. know. Like, this is the Yankee fan being pissed off. Play me. I like them too, but the <laughs> truth is I'm not as big a fan as you are because that's, that's your team. Yankees are my team. That's your team. Like, do you right. honestly feel winning can start getting butts and chairs? Because historically we haven't seen that. But it's an interesting dynamic that's going on right now with this team. Yeah, so this type of winning, no. Because at the end of the day, fans in Miami are not going to come out for a last-place rebuilding team. Um, But that's not what this franchise's rebuild is hopefully for. We're not trying to get a flash in the pan of 2003 and then resetting. That's why I guess we have a different perspective with the rebuild. They needed to do this from the ground up so that in 2020, 2021, when they are winning, they don't have to trade off all their assets and then go have another rebuild. They can continue to upload from the layers of talent beneath so to answer the question no i don't think that this year's um attendance is at all going to really improve if they continue winning at this pace in the second half of the season i would hope so but my answer is that miami will show up when the marlins show a sustainable winner i think that's like the first layer of fans when they're sustainable winner one year after another they're around 500 they're a little better fans will come and then i think the biggest portion of fans the scorn portion of it is when they win and they retain their players I'm not saying they retain everybody. That's not intelligent baseball operation. But when they extend a Brian Anderson or a George Alfredo, and they don't just do another reset, another Loria, another Heisinga, yes, even another Jeter in 2017, that's how you win over Miami. And I'll just have one last point. The icon of sports in Miami are the Miami Heat, correct? We should Absolutely. Go look. We should go look at their attendance before Wade got drafted. Now, Miami's always been a basketball city with, Zoe and with Hardaway, I understand that. But look at the attendance before Wade got drafted and he brought sustainable winning, and really it's before Shaq came. So there is precedent. If you win in Miami and you sustain it, people will come. Danny Martinez schooling the old man here on Good Morning Amigo, uh, Slam Radio Series XM. I know you're limited with time, but we have a few more questions. My co-host wants to ask you a couple questions as well. Hey, Danny, yeah, no this, is, this is Danny, the other uh, Danny in Larry's life. The second apparently. place Danny. You're the first place there Danny right go. now, Martinez. You're <laughs> nice better than this guy. Man. Nice to meet you, man. So talk, you, you kind of touched on that 2020, 2021 area. Now, do you see the Marlins at that point being more like a Cubs and an Astros where they can resign and keep these guys? Or do you see this market kind of falling in the vein of the Royals where they're going to have that run, but – it's only a run that they can sustain for so long. And at some point, you know, the Lorenzo Kings are going to be gone. The Hosmers are going to be gone. The way Davis is going to be gone. Like, where do you see? Do you see that they can sustain it a la the Cubs? Or is it more like a Royals thing down here? Right. So I think they have to be a little bit more nuanced than the Cubs. In this market, you have to play things a little bit more differently. So I will not blame anyone that says, oh, they're going to be the Royals. They might give us three or four years, and then the same thing is going to happen. They're going to be gone. Here are where the very important hypotheticals matter. 
The Marlins finally have a stadium. The city of Miami owns it, but the ownership put $15 million into it in order to renovate it this offseason. That's a little point that I use for those that say, oh, well, they might just leave. I wouldn't put $15 million to something I don't own if the intention is to leave at some point. Number two, they've invested enough in Miami. They're starting their, their marketing has improved enough that I think when the winning comes, it's really easy to go to a, a team that has marketed in Little Havana, has marketed in Coral Gables, has marketed all around. But those aren't even the most important ones. The most important thing here is money, right? Let's just get to it. The Marlins need to have money in order to be able to re-sign these players. Two things need to happen. Adam Jones, who's an executive on the business side, has to be able to get a TV deal that the Marlins have never had. And secondly, they have to get a naming rights deal for the stadium that the Marlins have never had. Think about the way that Loria and previous ownerships ran this organization with no stadium, with no TV deal, and with no naming rights because they didn't even own the stadium. That's, in, I mean, just incredible that they even survived the 20 years they did with Loria. The Marlins now have all of those if Adam Jones can go and get the TV deal and the naming rights. If they can, and it's a hypothetical, I think that they will be more like the Cubs and the Royals, but they're never going to replicate a big market here until they become the Miami Heat of baseball. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Danny Martinez joining us from Fish Stripes, SB Nation. You can catch his work on there. I invite you to check it out because the guy is versed. Uh, You got three adults over here. Forget the kids. You got three adults here wanting more. So I think you, uh, of course, with your permission. Now, we're, we're, we're poor. We do this for kids. I wish I could pay you, but I'd love to have you on periodically, if not even weekly, and create a segment for you. You, you've got your hands around this. You really do, and I'm impressed with your knowledge. I do want to ask you one last question. I mean, I even my last question, but keep keep in mind that I am optimistic that the person in charge, who happens to be my favorite athlete of all time, uh, will take what was his greatness for 20 years on the field. And equated into greatness as an executive for the Miami Marlins. That being said, many people are being critical of him here because guys like Derek Dietrich and, and Domingo Germán and others who didn't really need to get let go in this mix did get let go and they're just tearing the baseball off. Now, I, I get that we needed to rebuild completely and it wasn't about winning right now, but I, I wanted your take on some of the people they let go that they could have probably held on to affordably and waited and seen because they themselves could have been assets in mid-season trades. Uh, guys like Dietrich, guys like uh, Yelich or Ozuna. I- I'm just curious your take on it because uh, the common fan doesn't like the fact that those people got, you know, dispatched. Uh, and with these young arms, people just sit here and dream about how good they could have been. But the truth is, they still weren't a championship-caliber team. Would you agree? Yeah, I mean, they averaged 75 wins together when they were together. Yep. Over the four years that those that core played together, they averaged 75 wins. However, I'll actually, I'll go, I'm not player by player, of course. I don't, I'm not going to take your entire segment, but I'll touch on a few that you spoke about. So just for clarification, right? So you mentioned like Domingo Edman. He's one of the best pitchers right now in the Yankees. Thank goodness that you guys had him because you all needed him. 
he often gets mixed with like a Chris Paddock, right? He gets he gets mixed with a Chris Paddock from the Padres or a Desclafani from the Reds. Oh, how can um, Luis Castillo from the from the Reds actually? How can uh, the Marlins give these guys away? You, you've been listening to our yeah. show, haven't you? Because yeah. we do this so, all the time. <laughs> yeah. So so Loria Loria gave them away. It, it's very it's very important now when we talk about new ownership to differentiate between which ones were traded under the old ownership and which ones were traded under the new ownership. All these pitching that have been dominated on other teams and other uniforms could have been Marlins if that previous regime had not traded them for a Fernando Rodney for two months or okay. an Andrew Kashner for six months. So, so they were traded before, and that's what I like to call the cause and effect. If Tadic, Heman, Disco, and Williams and the rest of them, Castillo, were all here in 2017, then the magical two unicorn pitches that everyone talks about that we should have gotten would have been in the system. And then you don't have to go and deplete your entire system other than Stanton because of the money. You don't have to deplete an Ozuna. You don't have to deplete a Yelich. Now, the only thing I'll say is this. Stanton was always gone even if Bill Gates bought this team. When Laura backloaded that contract, to them, you know, it was done. Oh, and true. His, <laughs> his contract came up. Hey, he's his right. contract oh, came up. I'm going to interrupt you, gone. but that's the line of the interview. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That them, you know. I mean, it's true. It's Hyperbolic true, you know? but hysterical. I'm sorry. Go ahead, continue. I didn't mean to interrupt. That was great. Right. So, so, like, I was sitting there, and that's, that's when you say agony. Sometimes I'm not trying to sound like I'm more observant or whatever, but when I'm sitting there watching him hit 60 home runs, knowing he's gone the next year, whether Moss buys this team or anybody else, that's agony. The casual fan enjoys the 60 homers. The fan that knows that his contract is about to get helium, like U.S. Capitol, all of a sudden you know it's going to be gone. So I'm sitting there enjoying the 60 home runs, knowing that Stan's going to be in a Yankee uniform next year because he has a no-trade clause and he wants to go to the Yankees and he's going to d- deny it to everyone else. That's agony. Now, the only thing I'll say is this. The only real trade in that rebuild that really hurts when you start to look at the prospects, when you sit and you look at prospect performance, is Christian Yelich. Because yep. Yelich went to Miller Park and he became Mike Trout. And we could talk a little bit about how that ballpark helped a little. I mean, Castro hit a home run yesterday. That would have been a fly out in Marlins Park. Yes. But, I, I saw but, your tweet, by the way. Let's move in the fences so the Marlins can be an offensive team. I agree. I'm all in. <laughs> give me some offense. Because <laughs> I can't. I can't anymore. But, yes, Yelich goes. And, look, the only thing I'll say with this is the original plan, at least from those that have told me, was to trade Stanton and trade Marcelo Ozuna because Ozuna was a rental. He's a free agent this year. If, if also wants to come back today, he can, well, you know, in the offseason, he could come back. He was a free agent. But then Christian Yelich gets upset. He goes to the media, right? He has his public demands. I don't blame the kid. The kid obviously made the right choice. He goes and he wins MVP. But what are you going to do? Hold him hostage? Now, they could have. They did that with Riamuto, and they got a much better trade for Riamuto because they held him for a year. So all I'm saying there's a cause and effect. If the pitching was here, the trade, aside from Stanton, doesn't happen. But the pitching wasn't here, so Stanton gets traded. Because Stanton gets traded, Yelich gets upset. He demands a trade, he gets upset, and, he, and he's traded. And then when you trade the best guy, you might as well just do it all over again. So you go from the last farm system in baseball to a top 13. There is a cause and effect here that a lot of people overlook. Yeah, but then at what point do you blame Mike Hill for that cause and effect? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> okay, uh, so you agree with Because that's, that's like the one guy who I, I don't understand how question, he survived though. the crossover. No, 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 no. Absolutely. <laughs> but when people say, and I don't like to talk about people's jobs. Like people ask me all the time on my podcast, when is Mattingly going to get fired? Who should we replace? <laughs> you know, I don't, I, don't appre- I don't like that. You know, that's fine. That's their job. But yes, everyone that says, when is Mike Hill? Why is the person who conducted these trades still here? 
has a very fair point. The only thing I can think of to that is, is two things. There are, and this isn't from me, this is from the Ken Rosenbulls of the world. There are a lot of reports that Loria really had a power struggle where Michael actually wanted to rebuild in 2016, and Loria said, no, this isn't happening because the 2017 All-Star Game is coming. Um, Loria himself signed John Buck in 2013 or whenever that was the case. Loria, it doesn't seem like they had a good split in based on ownership um, relations. That does not excuse what Michael has done. The only thing I'll say is this. When you buy a business, you usually have one person that carries over. In baseball, I would imagine it'd be the guy who knows the farm system. And if that's the mentality, then so be it. I'm not sure he's here next year. Um, but I do understand that point of it. Um, you're amazing, dude. Like, I'm glad I got into a fight with you. Yeah, you don't need me anymore. It's <laughs> yeah, I don't, I'm glad. I'm him fact, and I'm good. You're, you're our new teacher. Like, we have to, I have to <laughs> subdue myself to the fact that I'm being taught by a young man. You keep, um, one, you keep said, one Danny for baseball and one Danny for football. That's how yeah, that's it. good. There you go. Hey, you said you have a podcast. Where can we hear this podcast? And then I want to ask you one more question. I've been saying that for 20 minutes. Yeah, absolutely. So Fish Stripes has three sister podcasts on SB Nation. They're found anywhere you find podcasts. So iTunes, Apple, Google, Spotify, whatever the case is. I host Fish Bites and Earning Their Stripes, which is a podcast on the minor league system. Now, is this all part of SB Nation so that they own it and you don't? Because here's my thought process, brother. Um, I don't know if two people listen to me or 200,000 people listen to me, but I am so willing to take that podcast and put it on our airwaves with the permissions of whoever wants to because you're, you, I've spoken to people in the media that know nothing about the Marlins compared to you. It's straight up you. We sit here, we read up on it. Danny didn't tell you anything, but Danny's really in the, it, he's in the fiber of everything that has to do with the Marlins, and he's just sitting here nodding yes to everything you're saying. Um, I'd love the opportunity to have and host, at least for a few months, your podcast, if SB Nation allows it. I don't know if they do or not. Um, find out, and if that's the case, I mean, we're willing to do this. And we'd like to have you in once a week, at least, if you have time with work and whatnot or at your leisure. But you are a wealth of knowledge, my man, and I really appreciate you coming on the show. Thank you, my brother. I appreciate you for having me on. It's honestly been a blast. You guys had me hyped with all the music before I came on, so I was excited <laughs> for it. But, um, but yeah, I will definitely let you know, and you know, we'll text back and forth. Find out. I'm serious now. I'm not just saying this uh, on radio. I'm, I believe I'm, you. I'm incredibly you. serious. If they say, sure, you can do it, and it's all in. All you have to do is send it to us. We'll give you instructions. We'll put it on the air. Put it on two, three times a week if you want. I don't care. I've got room to do it. You need to take advantage. It is National Airwaves. Not too bad. Sounds good to me. Sounds good to me. Danny Martinez, he is our new resident Marlins expert here on Good Morning Amigo because myself and Frank know nothing about... You know, Frank's an employee of the team. I don't know if you know that. Oh, well, there we go. Yeah, we don't talk about it much here because, well, he, whenever I get mad at the Marlins, we turn off his mic. He's not allowed to speak. He's not allowed to say anything. We don't want him to even burp on the air. Just we don't want it to be just mistaken, to be right? We don't want, yeah, we don't want him to burp on the air. That's just not, just in case they think maybe he's being, you know, uh, flipping towards the team. Yeah, don't burp, Frank. Don't do that. That's not good. Anyway, man, I appreciate you big time. I'll be texting you later today. Find that out for me, man. We want you on here. You're you're fantastic, and I'm gonna put you on hold real quick before we go to break. But thanks again, Danny Martinez. Catch him on Fish Stripes SB Nation site covering the Miami Marlins. And guess what, guys? The dude is a G. He, he knows, knows it all, man. I am really impressed with your knowledge. Thanks, Danny. I appreciate it. Thank you, brother.